Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Welcome back, everybody. Today's guest, Amy Weber, is living proof that we never can imagine what life has in store for us. In 2000, Amy was involved in a car accident that left her with traumatic brain injury and post-traumatic stress disorder, as well as a gift to connect with spirit and energy. Since this time, Amy's path has been nothing but easy, and despite facing some of life's most challenging situations, she continues to shine bright and to use her gift to heal and shift energies of others. She's a Reiki master, a certified life coach, a survivor, an overcomer, a powerhouse of faith that absolutely loves empowering others to feel and know their authentic self. Amy's rawness and vulnerability in today's episode is unrivaled, and it is exactly why the Fit and Fierce podcast was created. Well, hello, Amy. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I have been drawn to you for many years. Our paths (laughs) have kind of crossed here and there. And when I was thinking of who I wanted to have on this podcast and women that I knew sole purpose was to empower and inspire others, you instantly, instantly came to my mind. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I, why don't you go ahead and let all of our listeners know a little bit about who you are? Um, Well, my name is Amy Weber and I um, have been born and raised in Wisconsin. And um, I guess I've, um, my journey has been an interesting one for sure. Um, And I guess, you know, like all of us, we just never know what's next and we're trying to live our best life and overcome hurdles as we go. And so, um, my, I grew up as a, I've very, I've very much been um, a sensitive person my whole life. You know, it's always sensitive little Amy and mm-hmm. believe it or not, I was shy when I was little. <laughs> um, and, um, I believe it's because um, some of us have this gift of um, just being very aware of energy and connected with energy, even at a young age. And so um, I didn't know what it was. Um, I just knew that um, I just, I just could feel things around me, Um, you know, people's feelings, very sensitive to, um, and and taking them on. And I think a lot of women have that tendency as well is to take on the feelings and the emotions, or I would say the energy around us. Um, And so that's something that I really love to empower women with as well as recognizing that and being aware of that to help guide your life. So, um, you know, I, um, I, like I said, I grew up in Wisconsin, Elk Mound. I graduated from there. And then I um, went to UW-Stout and I graduated with um, my undergraduate in human development and family studies with a minor in psychology. And then I went on to graduate school um, to receive my master's in school counseling. 
And um, that's kind of once I graduated uh, for college, I was starting my first year as a school counselor, um, as a high school counselor. And right away in October, I was driving home from work and I was rear ended by a vehicle going um, about 70 miles an hour. So my car kind of looks like an accordion, but it was one of the uh, first times in my life that I was grateful for being short. I'm just a tiny thing, <laughs> just five feet tall so. um, because the back end was um, um um, smashed right up to my seat and then the front caved in like a tent and so when that happened um, I um, ended up getting flown to North Memorial Trauma Center in the cities and you know the priests came in and um, every you know family were around me and um, thinking that I wasn't uh, going to make it and during that it was amazing right away the sense of grace and peace that I felt here I have this breathing tube down my throat and I'm you know laying there and and I, I just kept thinking I'm okay I'm okay some grace came over me beyond me and I I didn't have any fear and I thought I'm going to be fine and it was like that moment um, that was life-shifting, to be honest, um, because then it just grew. And as I was in the hospital, things started happening. Like, um, I could hear prayer and I don't know how to describe it other than like, I knew people were praying for me and I could feel the energy of it. And it, I don't, it, it gave me so much strength. And then in the hospital, I had a cerebral spinal fluid leak, um, as part of my brain injury. And that's the, um, bag or sack around your brain. And I guess it heals, um, in seven days. And if it doesn't heal after seven days, then they say it's very unlikely to heal on its own. And then you end up with spinal meningitis or you could die or there's all different things. And so the doctors are very anxious to get me in on that. And so, um, the night before, and the cerebral spinal fluid leak was so strong that wasn't what wasn't going in my stomach was coming out my nose. And so it was pretty consistent, although it would have pauses. And um, the night before I got up and it paused, but this time was different. I don't know how to describe it. Everything inside me knew that it healed everything. And so I got on my bed and I uh, knelt and I sobbed and sobbed and I said thank you God thank you God um, I I know that you feel me I feel your touch and I don't know how to describe it Megan I there are no words to describe the knowingness you know like the intuition mm -hmm. that gut feeling like a mommy gut feeling it was just an intuition that I knew and so in that moment, um, I'm a very faithful person from that point um, very spiritual person um, from that point, <laughs> I would say, how were you before? <laughs> I know I was church shopping and I believed in angels, but I, I didn't really know a lot about, um, faith or God or scripture. I was actually scared of God, you know, when, you know, thinking I'm a sinner or something, mm -hmm. if I do anything wrong. So I definitely did not feel like I was like, you know, someone God would save, <laughs> you know, how we just feel that maybe we're not worthy. Yeah. And so, um, that incredible grace and healing, um, the next morning, all the surgeons came in, the team came in and my parents were standing there and they're going to get ready to wheel me out. And I said, I'm not going. And they said, wait, no, you're going, you have to go. And then they explained to me the dangers of not going and all that. And my poor parents, they just stood there mm -hmm. like ghosts and Amy, you have to go. And I said, I won't, I healed. And I can tell you that there's never been a time in my life where I felt something so powerful and so strong that knowingness and gut feeling 
And so I did not go. And um, it was healed. It never came back. Oh my and gosh. that same day, the reconstructive surgeon came in and she said, Amy, because I, I, there were so many doctors, it was so many things. And she, I didn't know who was who or who was doing what, you know. And she said, Amy, do you not understand that the left side of your face is shattered? And I was like, no, I know I can't have a Tootsie Pop because someone brought me a Tootsie <laughs> Pop in and I couldn't open my mouth to eat it. Um, and, um, she said, I'm going to run some tests because I was going to go in and, you know, fix your face while, you know, after you got done with the cerebral spinal fluid leak while you're still under. And, um, she came back and she literally cried over me and she said, Amy, this is a miracle. She said, and I can't remember her exact words, but she said like every muscle ligament or tendon or whatever's in your face pulled everything back into place. And she said, I don't have to do a thing. And, um, in that moment I knew like, this is, this is miraculous. Like, but I wasn't scared and maybe it was because of the pain meds. I don't know, but I, I, you know, I really was not scared the whole time. I was uh, more feeling this grace and this peace that I can't describe. And so, um, one reason I like to share that story is because so many of us have loved ones who've gone through pain and hurt or accidents and things, and maybe have not have made it and, and did, um, pass on. And I, it is so important to me to share that what we see as likely their pain and hurt, like when my family looked at me, um, they saw something different than I felt. Um, you know, what you see isn't necessarily how they feel um, because we do get covered in grace and we do um, get surrounded in love and light to assist us in our healing. So that's important for me to share as well, just to bring some peace of mind to people. Um, but after my car accident then, when I left the hospital, I understood that um, God had given me, to me, it's God. And I respect everyone's spirituality and their space on this journey and where they're at um, to love and learn. So, yes, I am Christian, um, but I do not uh, put that on anyone or that's just my space and where I come from. And also respect other people's journey along the way. Um, I realized that I was um, that physical um, but like me being like my legs, my arms, my face, everything um, was not why I got in a car accident. There was something else and that kept resonating with me. Then why else did you, did I go through this? You know, there must be there. I just felt there's a reason for everything. And um, so soon I quickly learned um, that um, I had traumatic brain injury and it was frontal um it was my frontal and temporal lobe and that's emotion and judgment. And I wanted, I was in my first year being a school counselor and here my emotion and judgment is gone. Um, and I remember my brother telling me, Amy, if you get a degree, no one can take that from you. Education is something no one can mm -hmm. take. And I remember just sobbing like, okay, so something did take it. Something did take that from me. <clears throat> and I really, really struggled with um, this new Amy. I was having trouble multitasking. I couldn't remember words. I, people who I knew seemed unfamiliar to me. There's just so many things. It was like God put a new head on my shoulders or something. I mean, I was the same Amy in part, but a lot of differences. Um, very angry a lot. Um, very impatient. I um, did not like this new person. I, um, I was very suicidal with the post-traumatic stress disorder probably for a year and a half. And so I was seeing um, 
psychotherapists, you know, and counselors and doctors and just becoming more and more frustrated because no one had answers for me. And of course, that's what we want is answers, Mm -hmm. you know, and why did I go through this? And why am I experiencing this? And all they could say is, yep, that's normal for TBI survivors. Mm -hmm. And um, I just, I went to the library and I studied because I was back in the day in 2000, you know, where we, (laughs) (laughs) you couldn't just Google search it. (laughs) Right. And so I sat there for hours trying to figure out what was wrong with me. But anyway, um, I um, went to Reiki, um, which is energy healing. Um, as part of my healing, I thought, well, I'll try it. Um, I believe in angels. And I know the, the lady, um, Judy Minen, who I went to, um, her, the name of her business was um, Healing Touch, Angel Care Healing Touch. And I thought, mm. That sounds what I like what I need. Mm-hmm. I need something bigger than these doctors because this isn't working. For this me. is not doing it. No. And I remember just laying in bed and visualizing angels wings wrapped around me. And that honestly was my saving grace. When I would feel suicidal or I uh, didn't know who I was, I would just go to sleep. I didn't know what else to do. Um, but that wasn't you know, that's not the answer either. I know it was severe depression that I was going through and learning who I am again. So at this time I was, okay, I, I was tapping into God in a way that I did in the hospital where I was feeling that grace. And I know that that's what got me through. And I'll explain how that grows more because it definitely grows. So going back to when I went to Reiki myself, um, she knew things that no one would know. Um, she tapped into my energy and tapped into spirit. And she said, Amy, she said, um, she just looked at me and she said, you don't want to be here, do you? Mm. And I just sobbed. I just cried. I didn't. Finally, I just let it out. And I said, I don't. And I feel so selfish and so guilty because I survived this accident and people are so grateful. And it was a miracle. It was filled with miracles. How can you possibly not want to be here? And how can you possibly not want to be grateful? And so I really struggled with that. And she said, Amy, when people get to touch the other side, it's really hard to stay here. Mm. And that resonated through me with so much truth, with so much truth. And that was a huge part of my healing. And she also um, told me things like, Amy, you got up at four in the morning and your angels fed you. And I laughed and I said, I did. It was so crazy. I wouldn't eat all day. And then at four in the morning, every night I would wake up and ask for a raspberry yogurt, which is crazy because I didn't even like yogurt, (laughs) (laughs) but I guess I did. That's what you wanted. That's what I wanted. I don't know. So, um, yep. And, um, one beautiful thing about that is my, my nurse's name was Angel. How crazy is that? She was my favorite nurse. And yeah. And my mom kept telling me when I was in the hospital too, that Amy, there's going to be good from this. There's going to be, there's going to be something amazing that happens from this through every trauma. There's something that's waiting for you. You know, we just need to go through this right now to learn. And I held on to that and I have the rest of my life for all the other things I've gone through. Um, But the Reiki master also told me, Amy, you have a special gift and you have a light. She's like, people call you like sunshine when you walk in a room that you bring a light. And I said, yes, but I never understood why, you know, I thought maybe it was my smile or I'm nice. (laughs) 
Um, but I didn't understand the context she was speaking in. And so I did continue to go to Reiki for healing. And then it wasn't until 12 years later that um, I had spent nine years being a school counselor. So I did go back into it. I started slow um, substitute teaching and um, doing a lot of work and things like learning how to react and respond and learning my emotions and how to work with them. So I went through all that. And did go back into school counseling, and it was amazing for nine years. And then I joined a family business. And when I started our family business, I had the time um, and the urge to go back to Reiki and learn it myself. And how I see Reiki and how I did at the time is it was the source or the umbrella to put what I was experiencing under because I didn't know what to put it where to put it or what it was and Reiki made the most sense and so what Reiki is is it's um and it's energy awareness and connecting with energy and so um scientifically they would call it energy um and of course on a spiritual level they would say connecting in spirit and so either one it's the same and my perspective on that is light is light and high vibrating everything has molecules everything even a table or a sink you know a desk we just um we're not because it has molecules they move so it has a vibration or frequency obviously not very high <laughs> <laughs> But I think it's so important for people to know, too, that emotions have energy, thoughts have energy, our presentation has energy, um, our intentions have energy, it's everywhere. And so light is light, um, energy, like light energy is light and bright and um, literally vibrates faster. On the other end of the spectrum, heavy energy is just that, or dark energy vibrates very low. And so... Um, Emotions such as joy and forgiveness and contentment, um, decisiveness, those things all vibrate very high. And so when we feel them, we literally feel lighter. On the other end of the spectrum, um, dark energy or low vibrating energy would be anger, blame, <clears throat> excuse me, um, guilt, shame, all those things that we humans have a tendency to harbor and go to. Um, and so I feel in every moment we're either in that love and light space or we're in that heavy, dark energy space. And so what Reiki does is, as I say, I see it in a spiritual perspective. And so light in any religion, in any spirituality, light and love is the great I am. Light and love is the highest of the high. And, um, of course, on the other end, then darkness is the lowest of the low. So whether you look at it spiritual or energetically, it's really the same thing. Um, and so I, um, I did take that time then to learn more about um, Reiki and apply it to myself. But I just want to go back just a little bit um, because after my car accident, it was probably a few months later. I can't remember exactly, but I started seeing... Um, I started seeing spirit um, on the other side. And I know that sounds crazy to some people, but trust me, what have you woke up from a car accident? You start <laughs> seeing people on the other side. I mean, I'm in your spot. I mean, it was crazy to me too. And, and so afraid to tell people about it. I didn't want them to think I was crazy. And mm -hmm. there's a huge vulnerability in that. But my prayer, my prayer, ever since I um, got home from the hospital, 
and I was suicidal was God, please use me as a tool. Help me bring that grace that I felt from you. Help me bring joy and love to this world. And God, if I can't be your tool, then I don't want to be here. Why else be here? And that has been my prayer for geez. What has it been? 19 years. Wow. <laughs> and so every day I pray that God, um, send his love and light uh, through me, around me, within me, so that people may feel it. And not even necessarily that it's from me, but that they feel the presence of grace. So, um, or light and love energy, if you're not someone who connects with the word God. Um, and so when I, going back to when I started seeing spirit, I remember um, it happened uh, a few times right away. I was sitting at a blackjack table in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> God will reach us in all spaces and places if you're open to receive. And um, I did have a few Miller lights under my belt as well. um, But I actually think, you know, if I didn't, I probably wouldn't have said anything. So, but this lady was speaking about her husband who passed and the dealer was like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm so sorry. He's in a better place. And she goes, we didn't believe in that. And right when she said that, like she shut it down, my, I saw like a movie in my mind. It was like, I could see like everything around me, but it was this, I don't know how to describe it. It's, I don't know how to describe it other than it was like a movie in my head. And I saw these beautiful Siberian Husky eyes. And I said, oh my gosh, it just came out of my mouth. I said, oh my goodness, did he have the most beautiful Siberian Husky eyes? And she looked at me and she goes, why would you say that? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. It just kind of came no, I don't know. I don't know what I'm seeing. I don't know what I'm explaining. I just know these are his eyes. And for some reason I'm seeing them. And, um, and then, uh, she, then all of a sudden I was seeing like his lawn and like the lawn was mowed perfectly. You never know what spirit's going to bring. Trust me. Sometimes it's so off the wall. (laughs) You know, we always think it's going to be this whole stuff. And sometimes it's just silly, but he was showing me the lawn and how it had to be mowed and absolutely no dandelions or weeds. And so I told her that, and she looked at me and she is like, the lawn always had to be perfect. She goes, can we please talk? And I said, sure. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what's going on? What's this stuff I'm getting? Like my mind's going 50,000 miles an hour. And the one thing that resonated with me that kept coming back to me was, Amy, you asked to be my tool. Mm -hmm. And so we sat down and we spoke for probably an hour or so and things just kept coming and coming. And all of a sudden her mom stepped in, was showing me different things in her house, a teapot that she kept in the window. And, and this woman was validating it. And so I was much in awe as she was. And I just sobbed. And I said, I know you said you're not a believer, but for me, I want you to know that this has been my prayer that I do God's work. And I pray that this brought you healing. And I didn't know if that was a one-time thing, you know, if this was, or, or what this was. And she said, thank you very much. She said, um, I don't want your phone number and I'm not going to give you mine. And I do not plan on ever connecting with you again, but I do want you to know that you helped me. And oh I said, my okay, word. thank you. And I never have. And oh um, my gosh. So, yeah, that was the first time. And so, like I said, it would be like any of you having that happen too. I, I didn't study this stuff. I didn't know anything about it. I, you know, I, yeah, I believed in, in, in the other side and I believed in heaven, but that's probably all I, you know, that's as little as I knew. I mean, I was still, you know, church shopping, trying to find, you know, a church that spoke of love and light. Because one thing I knew is that I didn't want to go to a church that talked about how I'm a sinner because I thought, well, there's no way I'm going to make that. I don't want to hear about that. I beat myself up enough day to day. I don't need to go to church and hear I'm a sinner. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was my space. And, and that's how I first started to connect with spirit. So when I say that I do energy work, another way to say it is um, I connect in spirit. To me, it's all the same. It's just 
different verbiage because spirit of light is energy. It's high vibrating energy. So your loved ones come through as energy and they can come through in any form they so choose and with the messages that they choose to bring. And I, one thing I love about my work is that I learn so much. Um, pretty much everything I've learned is through my Reiki sessions. And it's so fun sometimes because um, I, I'll, you know, someone will ask me a question. And I think, oh my goodness, wow. Uh, you know, and then I'll tap into spirit and it's like, oh, wow, that was good. That was good. I'm going to write that one down. <laughs> Because a lot of times I don't remember um, what was shared in the session because it's not for me. So I just allow it to go through me. Um, kind of like, and I, I know people have had this happen to me or to them. Um, it, it is like, you know, when things like just come out of your mouth and you're like, whoa, where's that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that was good. And uh, yeah, it's that. It's you connecting with that intuition, that soul, that knowingness. And I say that everyone can do what I do. Everyone can, because we all have a soul of light. We are all from a light of space and we all have that strength inside of us. And so as we can tap into that and become more aware of that, our intuition, the stronger we become and the stronger we connect with our authentic selves. And the more that we hear and know that when we're in a space that's not in our highest good. And we learn that when we're in a space of heaviness, we physically feel it, emotionally feel it, um, that that's not light. And if it's not light, it's not your truth. It's just so simple when you say it in that fashion. I know. I know. And I always say that I'm like, it's so simple, but I too am human. And um, I say, you know, we all have a soul that has this gentle whisper and it's always speaking to us and it is always connected. And then we have an ego, which is our space of fear and insecurity. And we all have it. And I call that the bark and chihuahua because that <laughs> has a tendency not to be quiet. Right. You know, you didn't do that right. You should have did that different. You should have said this. And how come you didn't help them enough? And oh, goodness gracious, you know, you know, your body isn't perfect enough or you have this temple here or goodness gracious, you know. So um, when those come in, they're low vibrating. And low vibrating is darkness, which means it's not your truth. But I say, you know, us humans are so silly. We have a thought come in, even if it's about a friend or something. We'll have a thought come in and we'll just buy that like a ticket all day long. I say it's kind of like our ego is kind of like a clown at like a circus or a fair offering us a free ticket for a ride that we know is going to make us sick. But we go on it anyway. You know, and what happens? We get sick. So be careful of the tickets, the free tickets that you're getting from your ego because <laughs> they are your fears and insecurities. And so I believe the greatest thing to do when those fears and insecurities start coming in is to be aware of them, recognize them. Don't just shove them away and say, no, 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 I'm not going to have that thought or that's not, I'm not going to believe that. You can't trick your mind. It's something that we need to move through because it's something that's needed to be released. And so as those feelings come up or thoughts, and what you can do is pause yourself and say, hey, what have I been thinking about? What's been on my mind? And once you do that, then you can ask yourself, okay, what is my fear insecurity in that? And there have been many times where I'm like, well, I don't have a fear insecurity around that. Then all of a sudden later, <laughs> like, oh, yeah, all right, I'm seeing it now, <laughs> you know, okay. And so, and then once you're aware of that fear and insecurity, that's when you can begin releasing it. And that's when you can be calling in light vibration, you know, to bring truth to that space of fear, insecurity that you're holding, whether it's something of the past or a current fear, um, it, 
truly call in light, call in light. You are not here on your own. I say God is spirit and your loved ones on the other side. They, they don't see you walking this journey and moving through these hurdles and obstacles and darkness coming at you going, oh my goodness. Oh, good luck. Good luck. I hope you make it. Then no, they got us. They got our hand. They're surrounding us in light and they're saying, just ask, just ask. Ugh. Again, it just always comes back to just being so simple. Like, just ask. Like, just put it out there. Yes. Look, you know, look for that. Look, draw in that light, that ability that we have on our own to do so. Absolutely. And not worry about being worthy enough to receive. Or I know a lot of people worry about praying right. Well, there's no such thing because spirit and energy and the highest good. Okay, think of this. If truly, if the highest good and light of light is all knowing and universal energy, then why in the world would that not know what's going on with you and what your thoughts are? Sorry, but you're not hiding it. And so <laughs> just go ahead and spew it because as much as we don't want to admit that it's there, some of the greatest healing comes from just saying your fears out loud. And um, when you say them out loud, I think it steals uh, the power from the ego because it just is like, whoa, it is scary to say fears out loud, even if they seem like little ones, but it like it puts it out there and it has you, wait a minute now, let, let's see how we can work with this. Um, yeah. So that's, oh, yeah, that resonates with me so <laughs> profoundly. It just, I feel like every it definitely, um, as I'm sure most people are, you know, we're so self-critical and I think, yes, you know, that, that the scarcity of being vulnerable and saying that we have issues or we don't have it all together. It's, we sit in that fear for so long because it's so almost embarrassing or we feel shameful around sharing it. But as soon as you do, there's always this, just, I always feel anyway, this giant release of just the weight is taken off and now it's just out there. And like, yes. there's all my dirty yes. laundry. Here it is. Yes. And, you know, I am guided to share. I've actually, Megan, um, I think you know this about me, that I I, um, I will share on one-on-one -on -one sessions as guided when mm -hmm. I feel that it will resonate with them or help bring them healing. Otherwise, publicly, I typically do not share what's happening in my life. And, um, and it's because of that fear of vulnerability. And, and now I'm getting better at it. And today um, I'll share with you something that I feel will resonate with people. Um, and I'm Please feeling my do. heart is beating really fast right now. I'm like, you know, in that vulnerable space, but I trust that if it's, if it's going to help even one person out there feel not alone, then I'm doing what I need to do. Um, I, I had like six years span of in the last six years of a lot of tough stuff happen and really get me in a space of um, being honest and recognizing and finding my strength and who I am. I was in a marriage that um, was, I didn't know it at the time. And I don't think he would think it either, but it really was verbally abusive and um, putting me down. It was very much a power and control relationship. And I think he would agree to that. We get along today. We're fine. And that's been taking a lot of forgiveness. But I found out that my husband was having an affair. And of course, you know, she's like a model or something. So my, my sense of worthiness just, um, just, oh, I don't know how to describe it. Um, I was broken. I was broken. Mm -hmm. My, um, I, um, and I knew it, you know, you have an instinct, but your ego wants proof, you know? So I went, I lived with it for too long. And, and, um, anyway, I ended up during that, I had just found out that my husband was having an affair. And then I, um, and now remember I'm a Reiki coach 
I'm a Reiki master and a life coach, you know, and a school counselor. I'm supposed to have all my stuff. Together. <laughs> I'm supposed to know how to handle this. I live in love and light. I'm not supposed to ever be in a dark space. I remember one client saying to me one time, Amy, you seem stressed. And this was just a little thing. I was trying to decide what to do that weekend. I mean, that's not stress. And, and she goes, I didn't think you felt stressed. And I was like, oh, girl, I am human. <laughs> and I thought, you don't even know what I'm going through in my life right now. But I did a good job of keeping it hidden. So I thought. And so anyway, um, right when I found out my husband was having an affair, my uncle, who was developmentally delayed, I had helped take care of him because he lived in the same town as me, had put me as his power of attorney. Well, he had um, had passed out driving and he really shouldn't have been driving. And he <laughs> was um, sent. He was um um, airlifted to a nearby hospital and he had actually coded three times there. Oh and then when we gosh. got there, so when I walked in, um, like all of the family was there, everyone's there and here I am decision maker mm. and here no one knows that I have all this weight on me from home and, you know, and I didn't, I just somehow some way, and I don't know how to this day I did it, but I went in there, I made decisions, I kept a straight face, I kept myself together, and then it wasn't, um, then, <laughs> shortly after I um, found out my husband was having an affair, I was actually sitting around a whole bunch of books studying at that time what to teach at this women's retreat, and that's when I found out, and I told my husband, I said, I have to teach a retreat in two weeks to empower women, and you just did this to me. Mm you know, that was my language at the time. Right. And I just felt like a failure. I felt like uh, I, I can't describe all the feelings. And so I just said, I can't talk to you about it. I can't visit it. I just need to focus on this. And so I did, I did the retreat um, after my uncle's in the hospital. And then it wasn't long after my mom went into the hospital, she had um, a simple gallbladder surgery and the doctor accidentally cut her main bile duct and did not share with us. And so um, she ended up getting septic on day five. She coded in front of me. And so Ricky Amy was MIA. I was down the hall screaming. I was. And so my mama is my best friend and my biggest believer in me. And so um, I went through that. And it just seemed like it was one thing after another. And it's like I didn't get a chance to get my feet on the ground. But I got to tell you, my mom was in um, the trauma unit for 80 days. And I have never dug in so deep in my faith. When you come to a space where you feel completely, I felt, I should speak for me, I felt completely broken. And I felt like, you know, I did not feel like God did this to us. I did not have that feeling. And I know a lot of people do. They're like, why God? But I know that that spirit, light energy is light and love. So light and love cannot do that to you. This has to come from some darkness. And so I went to light and love. I went to God every day. I just said, let me be your hands and feet. And I didn't even really know what that meant before that. I heard it, but I didn't really know. Well, I soon learned just guide me. And actually the nurses thought my mom's room was haunted. My dad's like, you have to ask my daughter about that. <laughs> and I'm like, yep, Uncle Elwin's over there. Family's over here. So it was kind of funny. Like the faucet would turn on and I'm like, oh, don't worry. It's all love and light. So that was kind of, that was a uplifting part of it. But anyway, going through that, I really dug my heels in. And um, so then my mom was recuperating and I went to Colorado um, just to try to get myself together. But um, I thought I could do it on my own, like we always do, right? Mm -hmm. And not share with people. At this point, people did not know about my husband. I mean, they knew about, obviously, my mom and all the other stuff I'd gone through, but they didn't know this was on my plate, too. And so I went to Colorado just to get away from everyone and everything. And um, I got to tell you, at that time before I went to Colorado, I was super investing myself in my work, in my Reiki. It was my saving grace. It was my connection to God. It was me bringing purpose, you know, to myself and to others. And, um, 
because spirit could work through me even in that space. So know that spirit can work through you even when you're in that space that you don't even feel like you know how to receive. And so when I went to Colorado, yeah, that did not work so well with Mm -hmm. me thinking I could self heal. Um, It was just too much for me, even with all the tools I had, right? Um, Because I thought I can use my tools. I know how to do this. Yeah, no. So I ended up drinking a lot. Um, And when I came home, I had to face the music of my husband's affair and all that. And she started sending me text messages and going in my aha moments under fake names. So Mm. I thought it was a client. And then um, just it was really, really painful Mm. because it's enough as any woman who has gone through something like that. You know, we create enough trauma in our minds over what it looks like. Right. That we don't mm-hmm. need to be seeing pictures and have, you know, it, it just, and I'm sorry if I'm evoking um, tough emotions for all of you, but I, or for some of you who've gone through it, but I also want you to know that, that, you know, I got through and, and I'll share. And so um, anyway, one night I had, uh, as she had sent me some pictures and some things and I just overdid it on vodka and um, my <laughs> sister came and two of my friends came and they started packing up my luggage. And I was like, Oh, I was thinking in my head, oh, they're probably just going to take me to their house for a night, you know, whatever, get me out of the situation with, you know, my husband and I'll be able to come back because people can relate. I was still in love with him. And I thought Mm -hmm. there would be some way and somehow that I could fix myself to be good enough, that I would be what he wanted. And I know, I know how that sounds, but people who are in it get it Um, because you're in a dark space. So you're not, Mm -hmm. you're in your truth, right? You're in a dark space. So you're not connecting with your love and your light and your truth and your soul it's it's just like it's like I was digging myself out of this hole praying and crying and trying to see it but I just couldn't get there and I trust that like I said everything happens on your journey on purpose and so um I think my sister we were in the car and I go where are you taking me and she said Amy we're going to get you help you need help Mm -hmm. and you need to get healthy and you just need to get out of the world for a little bit um she said you spend all your energy healing everyone else Mm -hmm. and you are falling and um she said even more than the alcohol she said you need to go there just to be in your own space and to find your light again and I did. So I spent, I always think of Sandra Bullock's movie, 28 Days. I can totally relate. <laughs> like, I hear you, girlfriend. <laughs> so when I got there, they like strip searched me, put me in this extra large green outfit. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm like an inmate, you know? And um, I just felt so humbled. I remember walking down the hallway thinking, boy, God just not did not just give me a piece of humble pie. He gave me the whole thing. Mm. And I was just crying so hard and I felt so humiliated. How am I going to explain this to the world? How am I going to explain this to my clients? How am I going to explain this to people who respect me? Like, am I just a fraud? Am I just, you know, this person that, you know, people think is amazing and I'm really just this messed up wife whose husband doesn't even want her. And so it was really tough. And I, when I sat down in a chair, I just could not stop crying. And, um, and this man next to me said, he's like, Hey, it's going to be all right. He's like, what are you struggling with right now? And I said, you know, I said, I am absolutely humiliated. I am a Reiki master. I'm a life coach and I'm a counselor. I'm supposed to be the one helping other people through this. Not me sitting here in detox, going to rehab. And he said, well, if it makes you feel any better, I'm an AODA counselor, and this is my second time. 
I felt the weight of the world lift off me. And he said, Amy, us givers and helpers give so much to other people that a lot of times we don't use the tools on ourselves. Mm. And this is going to give you some time for self-care. And that's exactly what it did. That's exactly what it did. So um, that is, I know I shared a lot in that little bit, but it has been my journey of overcoming and facing vulnerability and just clutching no matter how difficult it is to my soul's truth and what is greater for me and what do I need to learn here? And I need to release these fears. And I know that me not being a good enough wife is not truth. My goodness, my sister-in-law, my husband's sister used to tell me that there's a special seat next to God for me. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it's been a journey. Absolutely. A journey of vulnerability, a journey of facing trauma. Um, but I feel that I am on an amazing path right now. And I, um, have decided to put all of my energy and efforts into my Reiki work. Now it has always been, um, uh, like on the side fun business for me to do, um, to connect in spirit. And now it is my, absolute full-blown business right in the um, last few months I decided to start changing what I offer and um, building a new website and so I'm really excited uh, for this new this new path in my life and these new steps and oh goodness to bring healing to other people and to women who are in these vulnerable situations where I literally felt like I was drowning and I felt like every hand that reached out to save me was really like drowning me more (laughs) and I know that sounds awful but people will get it you know I think that I don't even think that I know Amy that this is why people continually are drawn to you and why people can relate to you because you know, what you're seeing, again, it's these, these storylines or this ego that we feed ourselves, what you were seeing and what you were projecting on yourself was, I am a fraud. I am a failure because this is my work and this is my life. But what everybody else gets to see is, wow, I can release that need or that thought that I need to be perfect because she's struggling too. Like that's, Mm -hmm. It's taking somebody off a pedestal and realizing that they are human just like you and that it's okay that you're struggling as well because everyone else is too. Absolutely. And, you know, the struggles, you know, when we're facing struggles, we do what we know to do at the time. You know, we, we always look back and say, gosh, I should have done this or I should have done that. And, you know, I heard this saying once, don't shit on yourself. <laughs> it's true because, of course, you know better now. Of course we do. But in the moment when you're vulnerable and you're uncertain, that darkness has a, has a way of putting us in a hamster cage that we have a hard time getting out of. And, you know, the other thing, too, and other women uh, may feel this as well is when people do bring you up and tell you how amazing you are and great and people call me a guru or an earth angel and I had a very very hard time accepting that I'm still working on it but um is that um I I appreciate them seeing light in me and that is a blessing and that is a gift and I ask that to be fuel that keeps me going and resonate in my heart and so that's how I see compliments now when people give you those compliments it's almost I was taking it couldn't meet Mm -hmm. so rather than seeing it as they already see me this way I saw it as I I I don't know how to get there I don't know how to be who you see me as because I simply couldn't see myself this way and even with my connection with God and spirit and truth and knowing that you know I have been made from the divine you know woven from the divine just like each and every single one of you and us 
it's hard for us to see when the world is telling us all these different things. And I feel so much more at ease opening up to somebody or coming to somebody again, knowing that, you know, they aren't that divine God. Like, yeah, I actually think that you are at the time, like when we've had sessions, I like, I really, really, truly in my heart and soul feel that way about you. (laughs) Um, But that comes from a place of, again, realizing that because you have faced everything that you have faced, one, you are vulnerable enough and open enough to share And two, you're also not allowing yourself to sit in that place of low vibrations. Like you have dug the trenches out. Yes. Mm -hmm. You have done the work. Well, thank you. And that makes me, and then again, too, I'm like, well, I can't play victim. Like she has been through the worst of the worst and then some, and you don't allow yourself to sit and play victim. For a while, we all do, of course. Absolutely. Right. And, but, you know, I even, um, like, I, I, that, that was something that I, throughout all of this, I would say to myself, I am not a victim. I'm an overcomer. And so, and I learned, and, and I have, I have um, the light that is always there. I always say your angels are not out to lunch. <laughs> They're right there waiting for you. And so it's there for me. I need to go on the one to step up. And yes, I might, you know, have those moments where I feel like a victim, but I would not allow myself to sit there. And in fact, I told my husband, um, who is actually my ex-husband, our divorce <laughs> was final in, um, actually in November. And so, um, but like I said, we get along now and that's because I spent a lot of time working on forgiveness because I didn't want to walk away angry. This was about me, not him. And so anyway, I remember saying to him, you did not betray me. You betrayed yourself and you betrayed our vows. Mm -hmm. And that's what you have to live with because I didn't want to walk around saying I've been betrayed. Heck no, that's darkness. I'm not going to paint that on me. Mm -hmm. You know what? He made his choices. Now I get to make mine. And so stepping into those roles of, you know, okay, what am I going to do with this and who am I truly and just continuing to step forward. And like I said, sometimes it's trudging. Sometimes you feel like you're down in that hole and, and giving yourself, this is so huge too, giving yourself moments of grace. If you have a day where you feel like breathing is all you can do, then that's what you do. I remember posting on, uh, someone asked who I am and I said, I got out of bed today. Mm-hmm. And um, I was actually kind of proud of that um, because I gave myself grace. And that's a couple things I want to share with everyone too, is there's some things I found very powerful, a couple little key phrases is one is when someone um, says something about you, whether it's behind your back or to your face, and it doesn't, it doesn't speak to your soul or your truth. Sure, we all have weakness. That's one thing. But to speak darkness and heaviness, that's not a space that's going to bring healing or is constructive. And it's, it's, it's not serving. And so um, with that energy, I would say to someone, that is not my truth. Mm. So if I'm being accused of something or, um, and mainly that was in my marriage, or if I was um, or, you know, sometimes I'll say it in my head and sometimes I'll say it out loud. That is not my truth. That is a powerful statement. Another couple things that I do is I choose what to own and what to give myself permission for. Um, and so if, if I do hear something, um, you know, that I feel is not my truth, I'll say, I'm not going to own that. I'm not owning that. Um, but, you know, when someone does give me a compliment or like those beautiful things you said to me today, hey, I'm going to own that for today. I'm going to give myself permission to own that today. And I like that grace works in, in, in that two-sided way. 
not only mm-hmm. grace when it's tough and we can be okay with not having it together, but also grace to say, oh, yeah, I, I am going to own that. It's okay mm-hmm. for me to, to feel nice that somebody is telling me great things about myself. Absolutely. But I'll do things like, you know how we feel guilty for taking time for ourselves because, you know, the world is always telling us, you know, you got to do this and this and this and other people and work and all that. And so, you know, I'll say I give myself permission just to go for a run tonight and not do the dishes because that is what my soul needs. That's what my vibration needs, because I know if I do the dishes and stay home, I'm just going to stay in that space of heavy energy. And who is that going to serve? Not me or anyone else I'm around, because we are responsible for the energy energy that we bring in from other people and for the energy that we send out. Um, Just like when you're in a group of people, when someone comes in, the energy shifts. What are you bringing in and what are you plugged into? And if you're plugged into heaviness and darkness, that's what you're going to bring in. Um, So it's really, really important to to do those things for you, knowing that it's not selfish, but that it is self-healing and the world can thank you later. You know, I say that we come into this world as these beautiful, you know, babes or we have this beautiful, bright soul that's ready to shine and be like, "Mm -hmm, look what I have to bring. (laughs) And then all of a sudden we, you know, walk through this life and we're told, you know, not even like. Um, people don't do this to hurt us but there's worldly rules and be this and expectations and don't do that and this is who you are even things like you're so smart all those things start to create this worldly perspective that all of a sudden we come to a space in our lives where we feel like the world's on top of us it is on top of us Mm -hmm. and so we come to a space where we need to go excuse me open the curtain my soul is back and I am here (laughs) I am not going to continue allowing the world to be on top of me because this is not serving me and it's not serving anyone else who's in my life. And if none of you are giving yourself permission to do so, Amy just did. So if you don't <laughs> do. feel if you don't feel good about giving yourself permission, then this is your pass right here from Amy to go ahead and do just that. And you know the other thing with working out, oh my goodness. You know, the hardest part for me about working out Um, I love to run and I like to lift weights. Those are my two favorite things, but my, um, I need it. I need it as, you know, I'm like everyone else. Well, I'm sure there are many, many people who are very dedicated and live lifelong journeys of always working out, but that's not the case for me. I'm an on and offer, you know, (laughs) you know, I say like, if I just get the dang sports bra on, I'll be all right. It's like, that's the hardest part. That's just it. I'm like, just get it on and then you'll be fine. Um, but I learned to give myself, you know, cause like to just go out and run, you know, three miles after you haven't ran, like I would do that to myself and then get, um, discouraged and not do it anymore. And I've learned, you know what, if I can make it a block, I can make it a block and I'm going to give myself kudos for that because it's better than sitting on the couch watching the real housewives of New Jersey. Exactly. You know? so, <laughs> so just comforting yourself and being your best cheerleader. We forget to do that. And what I, also recommend that people do is remember that little girl that you are someday remember that little Megan and Megan we've talked about this yeah I was like oh I'm gonna start tearing up just thinking about it so right everyone 
who is she and who does she deserve and what would you speak to her? Because when we're little, we take things in, but we don't know how to process them or what to do with them. And then all of a sudden we become adults and we don't realize that we're living these seeds that were planted from a little girl perspective. And now they're these huge weeds that are triggers and um, things, self-sabotage and not believing in ourselves when really it's that little girl speaking from a long time ago that didn't know what to do in that space. And so when we can go back to that little self at any age and say, hey, girl, I got you. And you know what? I understand that you don't get it. I understand that they don't know how to speak with you. I understand that they don't know how to show love. But I do. And I'm the adult now and you're inside me. And we're going to stand strong and we're going to walk together and we're going to learn together because I don't know how to do 43 any better than I knew how to do five. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just for everybody listening, like, honestly, let's sit in that and resonate in that and take that to heart. And those small practices that Amy is just talking about right now are so moving for you. So transformative in your life. If you start to implement them or just for one time, think about them. And it, it's something that she and I have gone through and done that she has led me through. And it still resonates with me often. Like I come back to those thoughts very, very often. And it's, it's mm. a very powerful, all of them are very powerful tools. And you are such an amazing person, Megan. You, so You're I so am, sweet. I am, I am honored. And um, I just, it is a blessing to be on your journey with you and to see someone as amazing and beautiful with so much light to share to help raise you up excuse me, what is better than that? No. I mean, it is, that's, that's part of my purpose. I feel to help people like you who are so beautiful and so giving and so amazing to see that. Well, now I have to give myself grace and accept all of those very, yeah. very wonderful things that you said to me. I appreciate that. In that. Your heart. Because for me, that is my truth. So can you accept my truth? Yes, even though it sometimes feel icky, but yes, thank you. You're <laughs> See, I'm working on it too, everyone. Like we're all we're all working on it. A little you know, bit. I do think it's a life journey. I it is part of our whole life journey. Um, but I tell you, once you can start accepting yourself for who you are, and I say, you know, like our our bodies are our costumes for this journey. Our costumes, our bodies are on purpose. Believe it or not, we picked them. And so, um, cause, and I say, I, I joke that in my next life, I God has got to like make me seven foot something <laughs> basketball player because, you know, I've lived this life as a five foot, you know, tall little thing. So come on, but you know, it's on purpose. It's on purpose. And I get that. And once I learned to get that, I could stop wearing heels everywhere I went. <laughs> <laughs> life was much simpler in flats. <laughs> I know, right. Well, where can everybody, where can we find you? Where can we dig into this? If this is something I know that you have moved so many people by one sharing your story and they can very clearly see that this is your role in life. This is what you're meant to do and how they would benefit from that. So if anybody is interested in finding out more, where can they, where can they go? I would say the best space right now is sharing your aha moments and that's aha moments um and on facebook and so that's where i put most of my notifications and things that i'm doing and i also put words of inspiration up um 
to keep in contact with people and to help lift their day or their vibration. And I um, try to pick things that I feel will really bring powerful truths to people. Um, that is the best place to connect with me. Um, like I said, because I'm now starting Reiki as my main focus and priority, um, I am building um, a new website. And so that'll be coming up. So Facebook, Sharing Your AHA Moments, and Amy Weber, it's under there. And then also you can text me to set up an appointment. That's what I'm doing right now. And that is 715-568-2056. And you can also email me at moments at yahoo.com. I do have a scheduling site, but I'm um, putting that back up because I actually just got a brand new office space in downtown Eau Claire, mm. which is like the hub of arts and culture. Oh, perfect. So I know. I am so super pumped. I can't even tell you. It's like totally my vibe. Oh, and perfect. so I'll be there Wednesdays and Fridays. And then I know we're running low on time here, but then my other intentions are raising the vibration in the workspace. And so that's another thing I'm working on and also um, doing women's empowerment workshops. And so I plan on um, offering to like 10 women at a time. I'll send them out a questionnaire, um, questions to answer, and then I will form the curricula, curriculum in our one-day workshop around what I'm seeing the needs are in that group. Um, because there's so many things to talk about and teach when we're talking about darkness and releasing energy and vulnerability, and there's just so many things to teach. So um, I really want the settings to, meet, to be more intimate, where we can share and talk, and also truly, truly empowering. And you leave there feeling like, you know, that's what I needed. That's what I needed for my next steps, you know, to feeling purposeful and tapping into your authenticity. So I really plan on those being powerful. That's, I think you, I know, again, you're going to impact so many. And I think such an interesting twist on having your reverse engineering completely that workshop. It's what can I, what do you really truly need and how right. can I give that to you? Right. And you know, um, there are things, it's not like everyone needs to be going through the same thing in any way, shape or form, because remember light is light, dark is dark. So there's going to be some similar fear-based energy. Um, there, there's going to be main topics that I just know will, um, yeah, it, it makes it, I love that aspect. Um, and it's easier for me because I feel like I know that I'm going to be hitting the mark with mm -hmm. these women. Mm -hmm. And then also, um, you know, my passion is counseling. You know, Reiki is, has been God gifted and um, working with energy and releasing energy blocks. And, and our energy blocks are typically emotional energy that is stored in our body and it will come, um, it'll manifest itself physically, a sore elbow, a sore back, sore shoulders. And so I can go through with you and share with you also what that energy is, what that emotional pain is, and believe it or not, actually help release it. I know that sounds crazy, but it really is amazing. Um, and then, not because I'm amazing, but oh, I should, I'm sorry, but be, it comes from spirit. I, <laughs> I know, see, I do it too. It comes from spirit, so I can't take the credit. I, I, I work through what I'm given and the knowingness that comes to me and the intuition that comes to me with working with people. My passion is, is counseling and life coaching as well. So I work with families and couples. And so it's like having a life coach and a counselor who also has um, taps into spirit and energy work as well. So this kind amazing of blend of everything deal. all into one. <laughs> Thank you. I've just never known how to use them all together. And now I'm coming to that space where I am takes it just takes that time that path mm -hmm. of that journey is just eventually leads us to where that needs to be and I needed to go through everything I've gone through and I am grateful for everything that I've gone through Gosh. um mm -hmm, because now I can relate to people 
my healing can bring healing to so many more people and it's worth it. Mm, Amy, I, I don't even want to ask my rapid fire questions because I just want to leave the podcast on like that end note, but (laughs) in to be true to fashion, I have just a handful of questions that I, to end things with that we ask everyone before I go. Sure. So first question is, do you have a morning or an evening routine? Yes. My morning routine is, um, I wake up and I say a prayer of thanks and gratitude um, for this day and what's ahead and for spirit giving me the strength, the strength and the knowing to knowingness to face it, whatever it may be. And then I'll do just a 10 minute morning meditation. And that will just be something that I find on YouTube or I'll do a search for. I have done different um, apps, but I always seem to just keep getting guided back to YouTube. (laughs) Find what works for you. That's Um, right. Sometimes I'll just play a song like Amazing Grace and just let my let those words resonate through me. Um, And then at night, um, I also pray and I actually listen to again, I go on YouTube And I fall asleep listening to high frequency guided meditations. And so it's actually music that vibrates very, very high. And so it raises your vibration and brings healing while you sleep. Oh, that's such great tips for everybody. Yes. What is one thing that we would never guess about you? One random Amy fact. Oh, that's a hard one. Well, typically, if I didn't tell you everything I did, I would see it. I would say I see dead people. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's okay. That could be your. That's a very good random fact that nobody ever would guess. And what does being fierce mean to you? Being fierce means having authentic power and authentic strength, mm-hmm. even when you feel weak, knowing that there is something greater inside of you that's ready to beam out. Okay, now I'm glad I asked the questions because that was a really good way to end. Like, that's a, <laughs> that's a good one. That's wonderful. Amy, this has been a pleasure to say the least. And every time Aww. I talk to you is. And I truly, truly know that you are going to impact so many more lives by sharing. And I thank you un- over and over again for being showing up and being your fierce and authentic self and being vulnerable because I know that that's not easy. And you know that by you sharing that, that that is going to be a gift to somebody else. And thank that's you. I do amazing. Hope so. Thank you. I do hope so. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank, thank you. you for everyone who listens. Thank you so much. And I hope that I can um, um, assist in bringing you healing or transformation or shifts whatever it is your soul is guided to step into next. Thank you so much for listening to the Fit and Fierce podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.